Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Drift Car Sharing. I'm your host, Henry Chisholm, and uh, I'm excited for today's show. Uh, there are a couple things I want to talk about. I think most importantly, I found a picture of Alex Kinney, and, and in this picture, he has a mullet, like a full-on mullet, like long in the back, short in the front. Like, like the back is so long that the front is actually kind of like untame and kind of like a middle-ish length. And it really adds to the whole whole vibe of the mullet, if that makes sense. Like the fact that it's just so long everywhere. Like it's a classic mullet, but just long. It, it just it's kind of disgusting. And I had never seen that before. Nobody had ever told me that Alex Kinney used to have a mullet, and that is definitely something that we're going to have to be digging into uh, in the coming weeks before uh, the season ends. Before I lose my opportunities to talk to Alex Kinney. Um, if there's anything else like that I should know about, if there's anybody else who had like a mullet or like weird hair or anything like that, definitely let me know because that's the type of stuff that I think that I am most interested in at this point, uh, and I appreciate that. I uh, also want to talk about some other things. You know, the football team, basketball and soccer have big, big weekends in front of them, but uh, before I get into that, I want to tell you about drift car sharing, and uh, the way that it works is you drop your car off at the drift drive or the drift car sharing lot and then they rent it out for you so if you're flying out of town they'll they'll take you to the airport it's like a five to ten minute drive it's a great deal you save whatever you're paying on parking paying for parking and then uh you also get to make money it's a pretty pretty sweet deal you can also use it to rent cars uh check them out for sure go to drivedrift.com for more information uh great partners definitely people you should help us support okay um I'm back in Montana. I uh, wandered around the journalism school where I like learned how to do all these things. Actually, I didn't. I didn't take any classes on audio, like podcasting, radio, any of that kind of stuff. Uh, bet you guys wouldn't have guessed that. But uh, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. I'm in the back of one of the classrooms where, you know, I, I took my capstone in this classroom: social media and audience engagement. It's kind of weird. It's really weird talking to professors, talking to people who still go to school here. And it's like, yeah, I got like a real job doing this. Um, it's strange. Definitely strange. Um, what else has happened? I flew to Montana, obviously. Uh, recorded that podcast in the airport last night. And it was kind of fun getting to do it in the airport because there are so many things that you want to talk about. Like you see people walk by like... And, and you want to say things about them like you have it, it makes you think so many things that you want to get out but you can't because you know that they can hear you and so you have to hold it all in and so there are so many things that I thought of that I wanted to talk about but couldn't I don't even know where to start like there was a guy with a his shirt on inside out in my boarding group like I'm in the last boarding group with all the other poor people and just looking around it was like it was a weird group of people. It was a really weird group of people. The guy with the shirt inside out, just, I don't know. I don't know. Airports are weird places. And I definitely did my part by recording that podcast there last night. Um, we can probably talk about some sports, though. We haven't gotten to that yet. And I think it's time to dig in. Let's start with the soccer game tomorrow, a game that I'm really excited for. Uh, I wish that I could be in Boulder for this. I think that I don't know if, if I could go through and like rank the things that I wanted to see in Boulder this year. Um, 
you know what, let's just let's just call it up to this point. It's kind of tough, like thinking through the basketball schedule. Like, where does Colorado, Oregon rank? Like, who knows what's going on late in the season? Maybe one of those games is more exciting um, because they'll be meaningful. Sabrina Ionescu coming in the women's basketball in February. So let's just say, like, up to this point through Saturday, what games are the best to go to? I think Colorado, Nebraska has to be number one. Like, I, I don't think that there's any discussion there. Um, USC being the brand that it is has to be up there. Um, if we say, like, in hindsight, Ralphie Five's last run against Arizona, like, is that in the conversation? I don't really know. But but this soccer tournament game is right up there. Uh, this, the game against Stanford would also be right up there. Best Best player in the country, best team in the country. But I would I would feel very confident saying that this soccer game is one of the top three events, sporting events at CU in Boulder this fall. Uh, and that's why it's kind of heartbreaking that I don't get to go see that after following along with them going to all those games all year. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, Northern Colorado's busing in fans. This is going to have a, a, a pretty cool environment. I think that that's one of the parts that I'm most disappointed that I won't get to be a part of because you do have this in-state rivalry going on. Typically in these tournament games, you know, they they obviously like include the the locations of the schools in their in in the one as one of the different ways that they decide who plays who in the first round, what these matchups are like. And uh this though to be just I don't even know, like an hour away, an hour tops that's got to be one of the closest in this entire tournament. Um, you're going to have fans from UNC. You're going to have a lot of fans from Boulder. I think that this could get pretty router, or rowdy. Uh, obviously, obviously, it has to be uh, Colorado is the favorite. They, they have the star power. They have the depth. Um, and we've kind of talked about that. We've talked about earlier in this week their path to winning. They have the back line. They have Taylor, who can really control the offense, get some good chances. And uh, you have the second-team All-Pac-12 goalkeeper, one of the best goalkeepers in the entire country. You know, Pac-12 is the top soccer conference in the country. Um, And J.J. Tompkins at the back end. It's just about how few goals they can give up, how many shutouts this back line can produce, and then can Taylor get something out of this offense. Um, And we don't need to dig too deep into that because we've done it in the past. But... There is um, another aspect of the soccer team, and it kind of goes along with this trend that we've started yesterday talking about the 2020 season. And, and there is something else, though, that we should talk about, and that's this recruiting class that they just signed. It was National uh, Signing Day for a few sports, uh, both basketball uh, sides, men's and women's, as well as the soccer team a couple days ago. And, uh, you know, some 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 players to be excited about in every sport, but particularly in soccer. I think it's a top draw soccer that puts together all the recruiting rankings in the same way that, you know, 247 does for football. And uh, according to top draw soccer or yeah, top draw soccer, the Buffs recruiting class is top 10 in the country. You know, they're building off of what they have right now. It's going to hurt next year, losing Taylor, losing J.J., but they've they've relied on so many young players to play prominent roles. You know, whether I mean, prim- primarily at those forward spots with Tessa Barton, uh, Ruyarno Williams, uh, Libby Garrity. She's sophomore. She's up there too. You know, there's there's a lot of reason to be excited about the future. You know, whether whether they're able to repeat this season's performance next year. Um, who knows? Similar to this Buffs defense we were talking about yesterday, they definitely have the talent, they definitely have the potential, but it might not all come together next year. It might take another year or two. This recruiting class is going to really help. Uh, you're seeing Danny Sanchez, who's been at the head of this program for a while, continue to build, continue to develop, and boy, boy would it help if, if they could make a run in this tournament. You know, last year I think... Five Pac-12 teams made it to the NCAA tournament. All five won in the first round. Um, four of the five won in the second round. Like that's just how dominant Pac-12 soccer is. 
the the challenge for Colorado was making the tournament. They should be able to beat Northern Colorado. They should be able to string together maybe another win, maybe a couple wins on top of that. Um, again, 64-team tournament. Uh, they win They win in the first round. That makes them a top 32 program. Win in the second, you're top 16. And all of a sudden, like, I mean, that's that's right up there. That's uh, a couple bounces your way, and you can win any game. Bringing in these recruiting classes, like, this is a program that's trending in the right direction, even if it might not seem like it since they are relying on a couple of seniors to, to help them get to this point. I think that that's all we really need to get into. Um, hopefully you guys are going out there. Games at noon at Print Up. Uh, it should be a fun one. You know, because of the way that Colorado plays, they aren't they aren't a team that's trying to win four two games or matches. I'm sorry. Uh, they're gonna win a lot of games one nothing, two nothing. Um, these low scoring defensive matches and. As much as it might feel like they're in control for a lot of the match, it's it's going to come down to one or two plays going one way or the other. Who's able to convert, um, whether it's the Buffs on their, who knows, 10 chances, or whether it's Northern Colorado on their three or four chances. Uh, the, the, the advantage is certainly in Colorado's favor, but you just, you just don't know. You, you just don't know uh, when it comes to these one-game soccer matches. It uh, should be a lot of fun. I'll be watching on my Sling account. I think uh, that starts at noon. I'm going to the football game here, 3-4 FCS matchup, which I am so, so excited for. And that starts at 1. So that means we're going to get to the stadium at noon so that we can get in line. I'm going in the student section so we can be in the front row of the student section. And uh, I'll just sit there and stream the first half of the game and then you know, pay attention to the second half. Hopefully, hopefully the buffs can make this uh, uh, an easy, not an easy match, but, you know, put, put a, put a score up early, score two up early and we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, so that's coming up, but then also uh, the men's basketball program. And there are a couple things that I'm really looking for in this basketball game tomorrow night or not. Is that tomorrow? Yeah. Today's Friday. Tomorrow's Saturday. All the traveling just makes my mind weird like I, I forget where I am and like I'm doing all this math with time zones even though I just went north and it's it kind of messes with me also I'm, I'm staying with a couple friends and they don't go to Starbucks they go to like this local coffee place which is like cool support local businesses all that kind of stuff but also I want my stars and also uh, I have no idea what to get when I go somewhere else and what I got ended up being like super sugary and I'm not <laughs> Not a fan. Not a fan. Still got to pound the whole thing right away so I can be alive for <laughs> an hour to talk about sports. Um, basketball, though. Like I said, a few things that I'm really looking for. Uh, the first is the three-point shooting. That's that's where I really think, and I, I don't think that this is a hot take at all, but that's where this team needs to improve this season. Uh, they, they need to start knocking down open looks consistently, and then they need to start making some contested shots as well. You look back to the first game and the percentages aren't that bad, somewhere in the 30s. Um, so many factors in that game. You know, first game of the season, obviously, uh, a conference opponent, in, in, in a game that doesn't count as a conference game, but a conference opponent, um, that throws some wrenches in things. And then you factor in that they're in China. Uh, which who knows what that's going to do. Um, I've said a bunch of times, I'm not reading too much into what I saw there, but um, the three-point shooting, as it turned out, was, you know, it was all right. It was the kind of three-point shooting that's going to get this team into the tournament, but it might not be the kind of three-point shooting that allows them to make a run. And I, that's where this, the, the standards need to be set this season. You look through 37.5% as a team, that's pretty good. But then you look, Deshaun Schwartz, 3 for 5. Lucas Seward was 1 of 2. Uh, Maddox Daniels was 2 of 3. Those are the only guys who made threes. Uh, Tyler Bay was 0 for 4. Uh, Dalen Koontz was 0 for 1. Kinley Wright was also 0 for 1. And uh, I don't know. I, I, there are a lot of takes that you could have about these stats. Whether it's that, you know, the 37.5%, if that holds up, they're going to be in good shape. 
But what I see is that that's the kind of performance that you need from Deshaun Schwartz and Lucas, maybe not Lucas Seward. I, I want to see him play more. He's he's the one guy who I saw that night who I was a little bit iffier on. Uh, he made some mistakes. He didn't look quite as comfortable out there. Um, it'd, be, it'd be a great time to see him take a step forward because I do think that he is somebody who should be a big part of this rotation going forward. You gotta, you gotta play just a little bit better. Uh, do I have his turnover numbers? I do have his turnover numbers. Uh, three turnovers. Um, also a block, an assist, eight rebounds, uh, four of nine from the field. Like it's not like he has terrible stats. It's just that he didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't all smooth as you want to see it be. Um, going back to the three point shooting though, Deshaun Schwartz. You need him to keep up. Maybe not three for five, but if you alternate between three for five and two for five, you're going to be in a very good spot. That's a season that everybody will be very happy with. Maddox Daniels, two for three. Again, like you're not going to make close to 70% of your threes all the way through the season. That's not how the game works. But uh, he's got to have nights like that. And his off nights need to be, you know, what if they're one for three? And then all of a sudden he's right around that 50%, which again is very high. But in this offense, you have the potential for a couple of guys to really have those massive three-point shooting numbers. You have so many options offensively. McKinley Wright, Tyler Bay, Evan Batty. You know, Dallas Walton, when he gets out there, not many guys are going to be able to stop that. You have so many guys who can do so many different things that you should consistently have, just like somebody on the court who's going to be getting the open three-point looks that are generated by an offense that's forcing you know, double teams, forcing slides, you know, and and those guys are Deshaun Schwartz. Those guys are uh, Maddox Daniels. And so if, if, if they're spending most of the game kind of sitting at that three-point line, getting a lot of uncontested looks, they have potential for maybe not 50% shooting season, but in the 40s for sure. And maybe up into those high 40s. I think that there are a couple guys who really can do that. Uh, obviously, I, I haven't brought up Shane Gatling yet, who didn't even take a three-pointer in the first game. But he's another guy who I could see if, I don't know. Th- that's kind of been the the book on him is he's so close, he just needs to make more of his threes. And he's a guy who everybody thinks can make more of his threes. He's going to be getting some really good looks at three-pointers. And if he can't make those, then maybe he just can't do it. You know, this is really going to be a tell-all season for a lot of these guys in a lot of different ways because so much of this offense is going to be clicking at such a high level. The kind of offense that basketball fans are going to want to watch instead of just Colorado Buffalo fans because there will be the movement. There will be the the pick-and-rolls, the give-and-goes, all this kind of stuff that just makes basketball so much fun to watch. And when you're able to twist up defenses, you get the open looks for threes. You know... It'll also put McKinley Wright on display. It'll put all these guys on display, but what's going to be most obvious, particularly early in the season before we have a real book on any of the teams that Colorado's playing, you know, you can have guesses. You can have guesses for sure, whether the strength of a team is going to be in its backcourt or its frontcourt, whether it's going to be a team that's shooting 40% from the field and you hold them to 33, or whether you flip those numbers. All of those numbers, all of the eye test stuff, you, you really can't trust it until a month into the season when you've seen all these teams play other teams, when you have a real idea of what they're doing. Open three-point shooting is something that you can get a read on early. And sure, things will change. Like You can improve throughout the season, whatever. But that really is the first sign to me of uh, a, a team a team that can make a run a team that can make it to the tournament and get hot and beat anybody. Because right now, like, I don't know, Kentucky was number one. Obviously, they lost. They won't be number one. But you look at a blue bud like Kentucky, you know, Kansas is right up there, a team that Colorado will play in two, three weeks. The When you take on those teams, those teams are tough to beat. What can kind of even the playing field is being able to make your three-pointers. Having the potential for a night where your team shoots... 50% from three. When you can do that, when you can put up those big numbers, you can beat anybody. And when your team like Colorado, that maybe, like, they aren't going to be picked to win the NCAA tournament. I mean, again, it's still early. Things can change. They could get hot. They could prove that they really are that good. But 
at least as it stands right now, 25th ranked team, odds are pretty slim that they they actually win it. When you have that three-point shooting, you can beat anybody. That's where that confidence can come from. And that's why you need guys like Deshaun Schwartz to be knocking down threes consistently. Maddox Daniels to knock down those threes consistently. And they'll get open looks. Shane Gatling there too. And then you get into the guys who... Uh, didn't show you what you wanted to see from them in terms of uh, shooting in that opener against Arizona State. McKinley Wright, uh, he's got to make he's got to make one or two a game. Uh, I know th- that isn't his strength. His strength is playmaking. Is a very true point guard. He can score. He's a get to the rim, and I, I like those guys, particularly in college basketball. Uh, his game totally plays. If he can knock down a three-pointer, two three-pointers, just stretch that defense a little bit more, he's he's right up there with anybody in terms of I mean, Pac-12 player of the year, maybe even beyond. Uh, you look at uh, Tyler Bay, who is maybe the most interesting three-point performance of the night. He was 0 for 4 from 3, which, bad, of course. Bad, that's a 0% shooting percentage. But at the same time, the fact that he took four three-pointers means that he thinks he can make some three-pointers, and you need him to. You need him to just knock down, again, one or two a game, just make that defense play a little more honest. Uh, and that's that's what I'm going to be watching more than anything on Saturday. Can these guys shoot? Can these guys shoot? Because if they can shoot, then it there's it just creates another gear for this offense. It's an offense that you're, you you trust, you're, you're confident in, you could see them winning a whole bunch of games, but also, just, just, uh, I don't know. It, it can kick it up. It can, it can be an elite offense at points, even if you can't do it consistently, just knowing you have that in you. Um, other huge, huge thing that I want to watch out for is the turnovers, because there were turnovers all over the place, and there could have been more. I think that that's the, the worst part is that it just seemed like there were mistakes. They were sloppy. Um, again, first game of the season, that's what you expect. You're in China. It's a conference point. There's all these different things that would make you think that they aren't going to go out and play clean basketball. And again, they looked a lot better than Arizona State did. They gave up the run to make it kind of close, end up still winning by 10. I think that if you were just to like watch the game and not keep score, you would have figured that Colorado is a 14, 15-point better team that night than Arizona State was. Um, and that's that's where you want to be. But you have to remember Arizona State also early in the season making some mistakes. It's it's the turnovers that I think could get cut down pretty quickly. And I think the most frustrating part about the turnovers is where they came from. You know, McKinley Wright only credited with two turnovers, but I thought there could have been a couple more. Uh, like I said with Seward, who had the three. But then you look around, like, Evan Batty, three turnovers, got to cut those down. Like, sure, he's a facilitating big man. He he does a lot of passing. He's a very good passer. But three is still just too many uh, for somebody who plays this position. Uh, he also finished with no assists, which kind of surprises me. I would have figured that he had at least a couple because he was moving the ball, I thought, pretty well. Um, Tyler Bay with four turnovers. That's just it's you just can't just can't have that from a guy who's that talented, a guy who just shouldn't be in situations where he can turn the ball over. Um you see these bad decisions kind of all over the place with this team. Um 18 turnovers, that's too many. They got to keep cutting that down and again, I think they will. I think they will. I haven't lost faith in this team by any means. Again, first game going to be mistakes. But that's kind of the second thing that I'm going to be looking for is can they run this offense without just giving the ball away? Um, And then uh, the free throw shooting. And this is a quick point, of course. But uh, 60% not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. You got to do better. Um, You you look at Shane Gatling, who is 0 of 2 from the free throw line. Got to do better. Evan Batty was 3 of 6. Kicked that up too. Um, all of a sudden, you know, how many is that? That's 3, 4, 5. That's 5 missed free throws between them. They make those, you're shooting 80%, which is a much, much better number. And there were missed free throws in other spots too, but 
just can't can't be giving those points away. Uh, can't afford it. Really can't afford it. Uh, and so that's really what I'm going to be keyed in on most. Um, more offense than defense. I, I really do trust uh, Tad Boyle to put this defense in order. You know, figure out the flaws, make sure everybody's strapped in, locked in, holding their guy. It's it's just there were just mental mistakes that I think again will disappear as as the season progresses. Uh, as as these guys get used to playing basketball again, and I think that on defense, sometimes sometimes at the beginning of the season it's tougher to get that going than anything else. You know, in the off season you can take you can take as many shots as you want. You can stand at the three point line and just chuck balls for a few hours if you want to, if you think that's going to help your game. Um, it's tougher to stay in defensive shape, keeping your mind in that spot. Um, and that is something else that I'll be paying attention to, but it isn't one of the things that I think is most important coming out of this game. I want to see this offense kick it up a notch, and then we can move on to the defense. I think that some of that can be fixed just as the season progresses, whereas three-point shooting, I'll be concerned if you don't see just a little bit better performance. Um Free throw shooting, you can't improve that. Turnovers, you can't cut them down. I want to see this offense because at the end of the day, I really think this offense is what's going to be the difference between being a legit, um, you know, sweet 16 threat, elite 8 threat. You know, that's what they need. They need to have this high upside, explosive offense. Um, They need to be moving the ball, swinging around quickly and efficiently, not giving it away. Um, That's, uh, yeah, I I think that that pretty much sums up my thoughts on this game against San Diego tomorrow night. Hopefully you guys are going to that too. It's at 8 o'clock at uh, the keg. I'm a, I'm a local now. I'll call it the keg, uh, which is also the CU Event Center. Uh, I think free parking right outside. Tickets, probably not that expensive. Uh, San Diego, though, good basketball team. Very good basketball team. They've lost their first couple. Uh, one of them to UC Irvine, I believe, who Colorado plays on Monday. Uh, also, another game that you guys should be going to, but uh, they've beaten Colorado the last couple times they played. Their tournament team, they're they're going to be tough to beat, but Colorado should definitely still beat them. Um, it'll be a good early season test. I think they're better than Arizona State is. I'll say that. Um, there we go. Before we move on to talk about the offense for the 2020 buffs, I want to talk about uh breckenridge brewery you know i've said for a couple days that i'm going to get all my friends hooked on breckenridge beer while i'm up here i finally got around to checking out the beer locator and there are so many options um like i said up in missoula there's like the sampler vanilla porter the christmas ale the uh pumpkin spiced latte like all sorts of different stuff all within like 10 miles. I think all those are within like two miles, which is pretty awesome. Uh, so many different places you can find it. If you guys are in Missoula, then you guys do not have an excuse to not be trying these Breckenridge beers. There's so many good ones, and uh, they're also like a good business. They they support us. They give us money to do the things that we like to do in exchange for us telling people about how great they are for doing it, which is just you know, the best way to build goodwill with people. Um, helping us do what we want to do is uh, why we really like them. And also, of course, the big, like, good beer. They uh, they just do every beer better than everybody else. They have, like, their beer everywhere. Like, some of these, some of these like, pin drops, what does it say? Like, there are 44 within 10 miles of Missoula, which just blows my mind. Um, they're, like, all the way up in uh oh, 46 actually like in the mountains i've never even heard of milltown montana it's like up in the forest i guess you can get a which one is it 43 you can get the sampler there at a gas station no excuse they're everywhere 36 states check them out use the beer locator on their website and uh they'll get you all hooked up uh also i would like to tell you about vita mobile iv which is an awesome service uh, for a bunch of reasons. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate them for saving our own Ryan Konigsberg, who had a bad experience at the Broncos, like the, 
well, at the time it was the BSN Broncos draft party. It's before we told everybody that we were rebranding. Um, it was really hard to do that, by the way. But uh, we were doing our fantasy draft. We were doing the watch party for the preseason game. And he had a little bit too much to drink. The next day, he uh, called up Vita Mobile IV. They got him back on his feet. Any For any reason that you could have to need to be hydrated, they will come to you and hydrate you. And it's super fast. You can use their app. If you use the code HYD20, then you can get 20% off your first visit. It's a uh, it's great service. Uh, definitely, definitely check them out if you're in a situation where you uh, could use some help. Okay, uh, back to sports. And we're going to talk about football because we really can't go a, a full podcast. How could you go a full podcast without talking about Buffs football? Um, and yesterday we dug into the defense. The general takeaway was that in 2020, this defense should be better. I, I really do believe that this defense will be better um, for a bunch of different reasons. Sure, they're losing a couple guys. I think that they have a bunch more talent that will be stepping up. They'll be ready to contribute more. Year two of the scheme um, just would make sense for the defense, for the 2020 buffs to be better overall than the 2019 bus defense offensively it could really go a number of different ways this is a lot tougher to project i think than the uh, defense is um for for so many reasons you know starting at quarterback where else could you start uh steven montez redshirt senior he's been the starter here for years uh holds a bunch of different all-time records um, in part just because he's played so many football games for Colorado, also because he's extremely talented, um, and he'll, he will be gone. Where exactly the quarterback will come from is still unknown. Uh, Brendan Lewis is a guy who I'm very high on. I think right now he's uh, Colorado's second or third rated recruit in the incoming class from Texas. He's a machine, putting up massive numbers. I think he had like a seven-touchdown game between his arms and his legs. I guess his arm and his legs. He never... Uh, that guy, I bet he throws some passes with his left hand. I, I would not be surprised. He has like a, a real quarterback's build, 6'3", 200, um, maybe even a little heftier than that. But he can run the ball. He can throw the ball. He's going to add another dynamic to this offense. You've seen what this offense can do, how it's kind of kicked up a gear when Steven Montez is more willing to run the football. I think that that's a piece of an offense that uh, college college football teams can't afford not to have uh it just keeps you so honest it makes it so much easier to beat what the defense throws at you you know just just the ability to escape the ability to extend plays plays that should be over aren't over plays that should be throwaways can turn into two three yard gains or who knows maybe break one for longer Instead of throwing a 50-50 ball up, you can run, pick up some yards. You just have so many more options on every play. It basically makes every play an option play when the quarterback can just decide to run. Um, and you know how I feel about the option. It just makes sense. When you run the option, There are uh, you're, you're putting yourself in the best possible situation every time. And uh, when you have a running quarterback, you just have the potential to do one more thing at any moment. I, th I think that that will be huge. The question is just whether it actually is Brendan Lewis at quarterback next year, whether it's because they bring in somebody better, whether I mean, knock on wood, Brendan decides to decommit and go somewhere else. have not heard that from anybody, by the way. Uh, I don't think that that's what's going to happen, but it's not a lock that he will be the quarterback next year. He might take some time to develop. He might not be able to make the quick decisions that you need in this offense. I still think that he's the favorite, though. You know, I do think that the the Buffs will pursue a grad transfer. Um, maybe maybe even a JUCO guy. JUCO seems a little less likely. Um, kind of depends on how things fall. There's there's some hype around the grad transfer quarterback from South Carolina, I believe. Um, I've heard his name thrown around uh, from people who I would trust. Um, you know, that's something that I fully expect the Buffs to be looking at. Um, potentially like a one-year plug-in, fill the gap until Brendan Lewis is ready, and at the very least, be a backup that you're comfortable in or push Brendan in camp. 
I, I, I don't know. I, I've never been a big fan of the compete just for the sake of competing idea. Uh, like, like that by throwing somebody out there, uh, Brendan Lewis is going to get better in camp than he would if he didn't have that type of competition, particularly because you're pulling reps away from your young quarterback. Um, and that is something that would concern me is are are you really focused on doing what's best for Brendan Lewis long term or are you giving the the grad transfer a chance to be the guy at the cost of uh, the reps to Brendan that's that's a storyline that I will be following closely throughout spring and fall because I think that you know it's important I think that if Brendan Lewis isn't the guy next year the odds of them being a uh, you know, I think they'll contend for a, for a bowl game. I don't think that they're going to contend for a Pac-12 title. That'd be my guess. You know, it's football. You never know. That's a long ways out. But uh, sacrificing reps for Brendan Lewis just so that you can get the one additional win next year, not not worth it in my opinion. Uh, you also look through to the current quarterbacks on the roster, whether that's Blake Stenstrom, a guy who... You know, he, he has some hype. He he has the pedigree. He comes from, I think, Valor Christian, which is a, a very good high school for football in the state of Colorado. Um, easy to be, get excited about any prospect that comes out of there, especially a guy like Sendstrom, who has definitely the tools. Whether he can put the tools together, you never know. Um, it doesn't quite have the same tools that Steven Montez does. Isn't quite the same like cannon for an arm, but... Again, that's not everything. I think that he will have a chance to compete. Uh, Tyler Lytle also will have a chance to compete. Uh, he was the number two quarterback through most of this season. He's a sophomore this year. Stenstrom's a freshman. I think if either of them are the guy next year, it's likely that Brendan Lewis takes over as a sophomore. But again, this is all all kind of guesswork at this point. Um, that'd be my take, though. Brendan Lewis, likely the guy. Uh I would say the number two most likely option is a grad transfer. Number three would be Lytle or Stenstrom stepping up. Not a huge amount of space between those different steps, though, um, particularly between Brendan Lewis and the grad transfer. So, th- so that's kind of the quarterback position. And it's easy to see new quarterback and think that the the offense will take a step back. And I think that at points it definitely will. But then you have to remember what you're comparing it to. And you're comparing them, obviously, to Steven Montez's performance in, you know, this season. He's had highs, he's had lows. I think there are games that they don't win without him, and there are games that they don't lose without him. He uh, He's shown what he can be. Uh, you wish that he'd show that more often. Um, maybe having a guy that's a little more consistent, and even if that means his highs aren't quite as high, might be worth it. I think that the drop-off from Steven Montez to whoever is next up, particularly if it's Brendan Lewis, will be a lot bigger in the beginning of the season than it is in the end of the season. And I think that it it, it, it may be easy to say at the end of next season... If uh, whoever the quarterback is, if you say this 2020 quarterback, if we had had him last year, for the 2019 season, Colorado makes a bowl game. I don't think that that's off the table. I think that that's actually maybe even likely, particularly because of the way the the quarterback will develop. So at the end of the year, you kind of have those warm, fuzzy feelings about him because that's when his play will be at its best. But again, you just don't know. It could be that these guys come in and bomb. They just don't have it. It could be that they come in and they're they're rock stars. That is what this offense will hinge on next year. Um, there are other things that'll hurt. Losing Arlington Hambright, who's really come on late, uh, that'll that'll be tough. He's a guy who could be an NFL guy. I think at the very least he's going to get a shot in camp. I think there's a good chance that he actually does get drafted. Um and obviously, LaVisca Chenault is probably the biggest loss. And it's easy to say, you lose LaVisca Chenault, that's a huge step backward for this offense. But then you have to remember, we're not talking 
losing future production. You're not losing 2020 Chenault. I mean, you are actually, but when you're comparing him to this offense, when you're comparing this offense between 2020 and 2019, you have to compare a LaVisca Chenault wide receiving core or a LaVisca Chenault less receiving core in 2020 to a receiving core that included what LaVisca Chenault actually was in 2019, not what he could have been. You know, he hasn't he hasn't had a huge impact on this season. Um he's I mean, he's had more of an impact than almost anybody on the roster. He's still done that. But he hasn't been one of the very best, most valuable college football players just because he hasn't been totally healthy. He hasn't played in a lot of the games. He's had to take some reps on the sideline. He hasn't been impacting every play like LaVisca Chenault probably should have been. And you feel for the guy. Like, it's not his fault that these things are happening to him. I think he's done everything he can to contribute everything he has. It's just that he's had some tough breaks. And... If, if you take him out of the 2019 season, does that change the result in any of the games? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe you lose one more. But losing him isn't going to be a huge step back for the offense just because he hasn't been on the field all that much this year, which is sad, of course. Like, you wish that he would have had more of an impact. You know, if LaVisca Chenault is healthy all season, I think that this team does make a bowl game. I think that you can just feed him the rock whenever you want. And he'll take over. Um, but yeah, that's not what happened. And so I don't know that the receiving core, even if they also lose Katie Nixon, Tony Brown, will take a huge step backward. Um, there, there are some question marks. You know, who who actually is the next receiving core? I think Fonte Chenault probably steps up. I think you need Daniel Arias to take that next step to be ready to be one of your top receiving threats. Um uh, Maurice Bell, obviously Dimitri Stanley will still be out there. Um, Jalen Jackson, I'd love to see more run for him. Um, and then maybe even a freshman gets in there. Maybe Brendan Rice does come in and contribute. Um, lots of lots of different guys who I think are very talented who will have the opportunity to be impact players for Colorado at receiver next season it's it's tough to bet on them. There will be a step back from this receiving core. There will definitely be a step back for this receiving core. Like quarterback, particularly early in the season. But by the end of the year, who knows? Uh, anything is possible. I do think the receiving core takes a step back overall. I still don't think their end of the season receiving core is as good as this year's receiving core, but there's, there's potential there. Um, running back... Running back, I think that you have to be more confident in the 2020 crew than the 2019 crew. Even even if so, first of all, you're not losing really anybody. Uh, it's pretty much the same group. Even if you project no improvement from Alex Fontenot, from Jaron Mangum, from Deion Smith, from Joe Davis, you're still getting Jarek Broussard back from the knee injury who was supposed to be the number three back, probably their their best receiving back. And also you have a four-star recruit, your best recruit in this class, Ashad Clayton, one of the best running backs in the entire country coming in. And, I mean, he could be the guy next year. There's a... Even even if there's no improvement from the guys on the roster, you're still getting stronger. And that said, I do expect Jaron Mangum to take another step. Alex Fontenot, has he kind of hit the point where he's going to plateau? It's possible, but there's still room for him to improve to his to improve his game for sure, and he might be able to do that. Uh, so I think running back, you're taking a big step forward, and then you get into I, I guess tight end Brady Russell. You're still happy with, and he's really the only guy who's been a factor this year. Some interesting talent coming in. We'll see what happens. We'll see. I mean, is Jared Poplowski going to be a guy who can take a step forward? I don't know, but tight end you didn't get all that much definitely got more out of them than you did the last couple of years I mean what was it three years they'd completed 18 passes to tight ends six a season you see Brady Russell I think he's had a six catch game um and he's coming back he'll be a junior instead of a sophomore honestly tight end just isn't that impactful of a position in college football unless you really have a guy and I don't expect that to really change anything next year unless Brady Russell takes another big step. Uh, you look at the offensive line, and that's where there are uh, 
a couple more question marks. Maybe maybe the group that I'm most concerned with, you lose Arlington Hambright. Uh, like I said, he's gone. Uh, Tim Lenat at center. He uh, he's another he's a senior and he could be an NFL guy. I think at the very least he's going to get a shot in camp to make an NFL roster. Um, right guard recently, Jack Shutak, uh, also gone. So you bring back Kerry Cush uh, at left guard. You bring back William Sherman at right tackle. Um, Kari will be uh, a, a senior. Sherman will be a junior. That's Yeah, that's right. And uh, I honestly think Sherman will probably move over to left tackle, and he's a guy who's going to be a stud. He's another guy who definitely has... NFL potential and in his I guess it'll be his fourth year in the program instead of his third you expect him to take a step forward you also have Joshua Gines coming in at center a guy who's gotten quite a bit of hype he'll be a redshirt sophomore and uh, Casey Roddick will be back also as a redshirt sophomore probably taking one of the guard spots Frank Philippe is probably your left tackle. You know, you you have guys, and then you have like Chance Lytle. You have Austin Johnson, um, Kenan Ray. Uh, there 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 are some guys who could step up and fill in. A lot of offensive line plays about chemistry, though, and that's why we've seen them improve so much throughout the season. And I think that that's also worth noting is that although it feels like this offensive line is a pretty good offensive line, you have to remember what they looked like the first couple weeks of the season. Um, and when we're comparing 2020 to 2019, if, if it's just the same learning curve, yeah, as much as it'd be frustrating, especially if you throw a freshman quarterback in behind it, it's not a huge step back. Um, defense, I think it's pretty safe to assume next year is going to be better. Offense, it's tougher to project at almost every position. I would s- right now... Oh, it's just so tough because you, you also have to factor in Jay Johnson coming back as a as as offensive coordinator, play caller for his second season. He's looked better in his play calls the last few weeks. He's looked like he's grown more custom. He looks like he's learned how to use these weapons. All that kind of different stuff. Um, plus, like guys will have another year in the scheme, so you expect that to help out. But again, it's just tough to project. It's just really tough to project um, because there are so many question marks. You don't even know who, what, one, two, th- probably two two receivers. You don't know who the starter is, uh, two of the three. Offensive line, you're bringing in, I, I, I would say you still don't know who two of the starters on the offensive line are. You don't know, know who starter at quarterback is. Um, you also don't know who the starter is at running back, but that's just because we don't know if Ashad Clayton is a day one upgrade. Um, that's not a question mark based on, do we even have the talent to fill this spot? And so with all these question marks, what exactly this offense even looks like, it's tough to say that they're going to be better. You could definitely see a path just because, although next year's team won't be as talented, I can tell you that right now, next year's offense won't be as talented as this year's offense. It might click better though. You might not have as many down games. They might cut out a bunch of these false starts. Um, you, you might you might cut down on the drops. There are all these things that it's just tough to project whether these fluky little things will happen again next year, whether there will be games where the offense just doesn't show up because that's what it's going to come down to is whether this is a consistent offense that does what it does week in and week out and doesn't have the lows that this year's offense had because the highs of this year's offense are going to be likely higher than the highs at next year's offense just because you have the talent. When Steven Montez is on his game, distributing to LaVisca Chenault, Katie Nixon, Dimitri Stanley, when they're all healthy, you have the running game clicking with a veteran offensive line. It's tough to be better than that. Um, that's that's how I see it right now, though. It's a it's a legitimate question. Um, losing Steven Montez and LaVisca Chenault, of course it hurts. Of course it hurts. But I don't know that it hurts as bad as we would have expected it to. Okay. Uh, I think that that's probably enough talk about that. So let's talk about Total Bev. Uh, Total Beverage, another one of our great partners. Uh, We really appreciate them, all the things they do for us. Uh, And also the selection that they have at their stores, they're almost like warehouses in Thornton and Westminster, is incredible. 
So many different options. So many different Breckenridge beers, by the way. Uh, anything you want, they'll have it at a great price. And uh, yeah, definitely check them out. If you want to use the code BSN2019, you can get 20% or no, 30% now. It's 30% off your order of $75 or more. That's a steal. They also deliver to anywhere in the Denver metro area. You just can't beat. You just can't beat this deal. So check them out for sure um, because they support us and because it's a great deal. Like there's really no reason not to be using them. Okay. I think we only have one comment uh, today and it comes in from See You at Folsom. First, I hope there's no Tinder stories from Montana. Well, I guess we got to jump into that, right? Like, like if you bring it up, how can I not talk about it? Um, I guess really no stories yet. Um, I can say that lots of lots of matches. You know, I had that theory like I'm a what did I say? Ted would remember. Ted Ted tweeted it at me. Ted Chalfin, our friend. Uh, he said, "Did I say I was like a Denver six and an Oregon eight, but a Montana nine? That sounds about right. That sounds like exactly my level of." confidence or cockiness but uh yeah I, I would say that that's holding true so far my tinder game i've been here what like 17 hours now uh, like 14 hours that was terrible math but uh the matches are coming in the matches are coming in for sure um maybe it's just that people here are more impressed by what i do like like having a podcast here is like oh wow nobody has a podcast up in montana it's like very true whereas in colorado Everybody has a podcast. So I think that that plays a part into it. Um, and that my podcast is very obvious in my Tinder profile. But uh, so far, so good. We'll see We'll see if any stories come. I'm actually hanging out with one of my two Tinder matches I've actually ever met. Is it two? No, I think it's three. I've met three Tinder matches in person. Um, not including... Ooh, this might be the time for this story. I'm not sure if I've ever told this story on the podcast. So... Last year, I'm co- I'm covering the uh, Montana Grizzlies athletics, um, primarily football. The way it was supposed to work was I was going to take football in the fall, then switch to women's basketball in the winter, and then help out with whatever's going on, whether it's like, uh, I guess there's like lacrosse or uh, track in the spring, all those different things. And so the way it was supposed to work is that I was never supposed to cover volleyball. And so when I saw a volleyball player pop up, I was like, fine. I was totally 100% fine matching with her because I was like, this won't affect us in a professional environment. Um, we match. I, and I obviously bragged about it because she is way cooler than I am. But uh, we match. And then it turns out that weekend I have to go cover a volleyball match. So I'm thinking like, oh, this is going to be like kind of awkward because like I'm sitting right up against the net, like right there. It's going to be super, super obvious. But uh, I tell the photographer that that's what's going on. So the phot- photographer, I guess, writes down her number, like number five in the uh, in his notebook, leaves the notebook on like the table, the scores table where I'm sitting uh, and goes to take pictures. I'm not sure why I forgot it. Uh, two plays in, two points in. She like chases a ball down, um, dives. It's coming right at my face and uh, takes out the table, slams it back into my knees. The notebook falls on the ground. She picks it up. I'm not sure if she saw the number five circled on it, but that had to be super uncomfortable given all the circumstances. There's actually a great picture. The photographer got a great shot. I might have to tweet that out or something. I don't know. I'll find a way to get that to you guys. Um, But it's basically her like running in my face and I'm like, yeah. Um, after the game, though, turns out she set personal highs in uh, assists and kills and all the volleyball stats, and so I had to go interview her. Weird experience. I actually told Bobby Houck about it at practice, the football coach up here, like legendary football coach up here, and uh, he said, Henry, what are you doing on Tinder? You can just walk across campus and find a girl. And uh, that became my new Tinder bio. Uh, weird experience one of my greatest all-time Tinder stories. And since I'm in Missoula and you said hopefully there isn't one, um, I gave that to you. Uh, so yeah, we can move on from Tinder. Uh, second, you say bagel weird for sure. You say bagel when everyone else outside of Chicago says bagel. Uh, okay, phone call that interrupted me reading the comment on my phone. Um, there we go. But I also enjoyed your pronunciation of avocado too avocado versus avocado okay i don't know which one of those i say i don't know which one is right uh 
I don't know. It's interesting hearing that I'm saying all these words wrong. It's kind of fun, actually. Um, I need to fix that. Last, Denver Zoo does a CU night at Zoo Lights. It's the best. Not busy. Hot chocolate. I'll see you. That's the night to go. I had no idea, but that is definitely the night to go. Um, I'm going to figure out when CU night is at Zoo Lights, and I am going to be there. Hopefully there isn't... I mean, they wouldn't schedule that for the same night as a basketball game. That would just be dumb. So... I should be free. That's like the only thing I ever have on my calendar is buff sports, buff sports media availabilities and like recording podcasts and the podcast part is flexible. So let's definitely try to hit that up. I know Michael Harrison wants to go too. So see what Folsom might have to make this a, a squad trip to uh zoo lights. Um, I think that that's all I have for you guys today. Definitely leave your comments in the comment section on the post for today's show. We'll get to those on Monday, which is weird. That's a ways out. I'm going to miss you guys. Usually have like a weekend podcast to catch up. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Oh, I know what I'm going to do with myself. It's not going to be healthy either. But uh, I'll talk to you guys then. If you haven't subscribed yet, would really appreciate for you to become members at DNVR. Uh, before this price changes, like while it's at what it is, should definitely jump in. Um, I'm about to drop this story on Davion Taylor. Lots of fun little details that I pulled out from him. Um, it's weird that we didn't talk about Davion Taylor after how the last couple shows have gone. We spent a lot of time talking about that man. Cool guy. Um, cool story. You know, not playing high school football because his mom's a Seventh-day Adventist. And, you know, that's against their religion. So he didn't play high school football as a freshman walk on at some tiny little community college that loses a lot he became a starter um with three games to go there's a i don't know it's pretty cool this rise to the senior bowl i thought i did a good job writing it so check it out uh and leave your comments in the comment section because i like to hear from you guys you have a whole weekend to listen to this and get them in there's 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 no excuse um i'll talk to you then because next week is game week we're also going to have to break down these soccer games and these basketball games. So much going on. I hope you guys are going to catch those too. Maybe even like FaceTime me so I feel like I'm there instead of watching it on Sling on my phone and killing, I guess that killed my battery too, but I don't even care. It's worth it. It's worth it. Uh, have fun in Boulder tomorrow and I will be back in just a few days. I think they like my Colorado sway Cause when I'm in it play I don't really, I don't really know just how to act And when I'm in it go My Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway yeah. is pushing 180. Speed and pad see you later, baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Hey, hey, you on your own now, why you watching the official? Chill. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. Hey. And we ain't playing with till you can get it anytime. Yeah. It started at the scrimmage, we gon' win it at the line. Chill. My Colorado swag in the middle of the ring. Green. Throwing blows, knocking down team after I team. They like my Colorado swag, cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Get a bus with my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado sway. Have you ever seen a ram? Nine bow to Colorado. Buffalo is what I am. All the teams come and follow. When I start, hit the field. The opposing crowd swallow. Cause they know I'm about to kill. He gon' feel that tomorrow. Whole team full of warriors. Got me feeling tribal. Big 12, here we come. We ain't worried about arrival. If you want it, come and get it. We'll wait for your arrival. When you hit this frozen field, man, it's all about survival. Why you make it, why you make it, yeah, you better bring your Bible.
back, blindside, flatline, no revival. Get them bust, get them bust, mess them up, we say we got them. If we don't, then we'll get them. When we see them, then we have them. like my Colorado swag, cause when I'm in that play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in that go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly, get them bust with my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my